0: Hey there, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Food Biz Whiz. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today, Leah Kreb of Social Nature, and to have you join in on our conversation about standing out in a crowded marketplace. I'm sure that I'm not the only one who feels like there's new products popping up in my newsfeed and on those grocery store shelves every single day. And I'm betting you as an emerging food entrepreneur have some questions about how are you going to be the product that succeeds? How are you going to be the one that stands out on the shelf? And how are you going to be the one that your customers reach for time and time again? I am so happy to have Analea on the show today to talk all about how you can do just that. And you guys will soon learn that social nature is all about using your fans' feedback to fine-tune your product, and just like you guys find that data to be so important, I also seek data to ensure I am creating podcast episodes that you want to hear. I am surveying my audience inside our Facebook group this week, and I want to know exactly who you want to hear from, what topics you want me to cover, and what brands you want me to study. Above all, I want Food Biz Wiz to be a podcast that helps you grow your packaged food business. And I can't do that without hearing from you. So please come join us in our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group and make your preferences known to me. Find that group at foodbizwiz.com or linked in the show notes today. All right, let's get going on today's show. You're
1: listening to Food Biz Wiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions.
0: Let's get going. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, my online course for emerging food brands who are looking to grow their wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for three years, and I've had over 150 brands enroll in the course. Through videos and workbooks and checklists and templates and live coaching calls with me, plus 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e commerce platforms. I'd love to see you join us when the course opens again, so jump on the waitlist to be the first to know when I welcome new students. You can find that waitlist in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading Retail Ready. Hi there, Leah. Welcome to our show. Hi, Allison. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I am so happy to have you here, and I know that you're going to provide so much value to our guests. So you and I met at Nashcom's e-commerce conference a few months ago, and it's been really fun for me to learn more about social nature and how you're helping brands fine-tune their products and get on the retail shelf, and to hear more about Launchpad, your newest venture in the natural product space. So let me just say, for those of you guys, our listeners who don't know Analia and Social Nature, you guys are in for a treat today. Analia, you bring your decade of digital marketing experience to the consumer packaged goods space. And gosh, you've been featured in a whole bunch of really great publications like Adweek and Media Post and TechCrunch and Food Navigator And I'm just going to say, I I did my homework. I saw you were selected by Entrepreneur Magazine as one of the top 25 inspiring entrepreneurs under 40 who are creating the next big thing. I mean, I feel like every time I turn around, I'm hearing about all the great things that you're doing in this industry. (laughs) So I'm grateful that you're here today, um, and we have a lot to talk about. So why don't you give us your 60-second pitch on who you are, what social nature is, and then we'll start talking about how our listeners can stand out in that super crowded marketplace.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you for that very uh, generous introduction and a uh, pleasure to be here. I, I've been an entrepreneur for, yes, over, over a decade now. And um, I really, I started early, I started right out of university. Um, so I feel like I've just really, you know, grown up being, being an entrepreneur. And, and what's really driven me um, all this time and continues to be my life's mission is to make Green mainstream. And I've approached I've that from a couple different um, uh, standpoints. One is really you know, consumer consumer base. So I want to inspire as many people as possible to try natural products. Um, that Social Nature's mission statement. And then um, part of making that happen um, is very much uh, working with uh, natural natural product suppliers. And so uh, the second part of that is really helping more natural products get on shelves and and win in the marketplace. Um, and so those are really you know the two. Um, things that, that, that I'm focused on as an entrepreneur, and um, and ultimately I'm building a company, you know, a purpose driven company um, that that is focused on not only working with you know the most amazing progressive brands out there and helping them win, um, but also uh, you know be, being in business and and uh, and showing that one can run a, a scaled up venture. Um, with a strong purpose. So I hope to be an example for many of the clients that uh, that we represent that you can do good and make money um, <laughs> and through, through my very own business uh, venture. So uh, I'm happy to share that we are uh, now a venture-backed company. So we've gotten mm-hmm. financing to continue to fuel our mission and uh, we have big plans. So uh, in a year or so, you'll see thousands of natural products on our platform. And we really, um, you know, this is the space, like I said, I kind of grew up in over the last 10 years. Um, and, and so I think we're in a really good position to to be the Better For You uh, launch platform um, and, and to, to work with as many uh, new, natural, innovative products as possible and connect them to our community, uh, which is now half a million uh, members strong.
0: Yeah, I remember when you first shared that stat with me, and I was so blown away by not only the wonderful brands that you you work with, but how many consumers are using the platform as well to discover their new favorite green brands. I think I think that that is really impressive in itself. Um, I also love that you you don't shy away from tying money into the equation that it is it is okay to make money as a better for you brand and ultimately yeah. <laughs> if we're not making money with our businesses they're just i always say they're just expensive hobbies so it's really important to tie that money piece into it yeah, I'm glad absolutely. that you bring that up early on yeah. so today today we're going to talk about you you you've got five big takeaways on how brands can win knowing that we've got, gosh, we've got a, such a competitive landscape here. We've got such a crowded marketplace. And you, you've got these five big takeaways on how brands can succeed. So shall we jump right into that? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Tell me number one. I've got our show notes here, but tell me number one, how should brands start building their business to succeed?
1: Well, I'm a big believer in that it really starts with, you know, the people in the company. Uh, that you yourself, you know, are, have created is really just a bunch of amazing, talented people coming together towards, you know, a shared purpose and a shared vision. And so, I think it starts with building a customer-driven company, and that really starts with having the right culture. Like at the end of the day, you know, there's a kind of a popular saying that says, you know, your brand is whatever you know consumers tell you your, your brand <laughs> represents. It's not it's like you. You think you have all this control all over over your brand and everything, um, and you you know spend all these hours and days you know workshopping the perfect slogan and the perfect <laughs> and all of that, which is important work. But you know if you're not living up to that brand, if your employees and your partners and your you know everyone along that entire supply chain is not um, uh, living up to that brand, then your consumers. Are going to think differently, and so that's where it really starts. You know, at home um, w- within the company that you're building, and and developing those um, those those principles that your your team makes decisions on. And 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 the more you know, in touch that your team and your and your partners. Don't forget about your partners because you know you, you so often um, in this space. You know, you, we have maybe like a three to five person. Team working on a brand, but then they're working with amazing agency partners. They're working with brokers and distributors and yep. <laughs> much bigger um, uh, uh, team. But you know, the first thing that you should almost be sending to these people is like, here's how we want to do business with you. Here's what we believe in. Here's how we like to make decisions. And and as and the more customer consumer focused and obsessed of a company you are. The more your your partners will will come on board, and your consumer will ultimately be the ones feeling that message, and and hopefully you know uh, uh, recognizing re- recognizing you for that uh, customer obsessed culture by being loyal customers, by being advocates for your brand, um, and and ultimately being your best you know sales marketing engine. You know your customer obsessed culture when. You know, people are referring you business and talking about you on
0: social media. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it starts by building, building a business that has a really strong company culture. And I like that you say almost that one of the values of the company culture should be that you are so customer obsessed and that you're ultimately building products that consumers want, right?
1: Yes, I mean, we we have this kind of... <laughs> a um, little catchy saying that we say we say, you know, retailers stock what consumers want um, and so you know, that's, that's, that's it at the end of the day so if you're, if you're a customer obsessed culture you know, it touches everything, like before before your team, you know, goes down a big R&D journey, you're doing, you know, customer discovery and you're, and you're um, or maybe even bef- before you get your, your next concept, you're canvassing um, customers what they want. Like everything in your company starts with the customer. And uh, and I would just, you know, really encourage, even within small companies, you know, just to continue to ask yourself these questions. Like, why are we doing this? What's the impact on the customer? How is this decision going to impact the customer? Like instead of impact on the bottom line, being the only analysis, mm. start building in. Okay, well, what would be, you know, the return for the customer, like how would their lives change if we change this ingredient or make this tweak on the packaging? How does this help them? And if you start there, you know, ultimately, like all, all the top performing companies, um, you know, that I've seen uh, are really placing that at the forefront and and, and consumers can notice if it's, you know. <laughs> just just uh, lipstick as they say yes. or you know, like, yes. really walking walking the talk and, uh, and living your values I mean um, I mean Patagonia you know in the in the broader mm. space does such an amazing job of that uh, where it's just so authentic uh, what they do and, and how they live their values and customer obsessed should 100% be, be one of your top five uh, company values in fact that's what we've called it at our company we say customer obsessed because it's such a, it's a, I'm not a fan of value statements that are really hard to integrate. Look, if you can't integrate it, integrate it into conversation, it becomes hard to action. And ultimately, you know, culture, like culture needs to be actions. So that's why like all of our culture statements, you know, whether it's keep it real, or whether it's customer obsessed, or make it happen, those are literally like,
0: those are our values. Those are good ones. Those are really good ones. I love that. Um, But I love that idea of, of uh, that simple phrase being customer obsessed because I, I see so often and I'm sure that you do too. I see producers come to me who have created products that, that they want, that they would buy, that their, you know, mom or boyfriend or partner would buy but they haven't validated with a broader audience and they haven't, they haven't found the customer for their product. They think they're the customer, but, but they're not, they're the business. Um, yes. yes. Well, I think a, a really interesting
1: example um, of a company who, who really like use, you know, cus- customer access company and really leverage their, their, their community in, in that kind of product development process um, there's a company called Drink Hint. Are you familiar with them? Oh yes, yes, yep. yeah. Um, so you know, female-run company, amazing, amazing success story. Um, I met, I ran into the founder at a conference, and and she was sharing uh, uh, at the conference uh, on a panel where you know she built this 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 online community um, because she was a customer at obsessed company, and so she wanted to have that direct connection to. You know her end, her ultimate end user, um, versus just you know going through brick and mortar channels, and then and then not necessarily having this direct to the connection to the consumer. So she's a good example. Her brand is a good example of like you know she she she's in brick and mortar, but yeah. she's also developed you know very intentionally this online direct to consumer um, sales channel, for her own website, so that she can talk to her customer, her end user, and 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 understand what they want. And uh, and what was so interesting was, you know, they hear they had built this successful beverage company, um, uh, which, you know, they're, which is how they started. But then she started serving her community. And, you know, because she had invested in developing this online community, um, you know, she didn't have to pay for, for additional um, uh, uh, software or anything like that. She just asked her community, you know, what else is missing in your life and, yeah. and how, you know, how can I best help you? And, you know, I'm a beverage company, but ultimately, you know, uh, you know, we, we have the supply chain in place to, to help you. What, what is missing? And through this, she learned that there, that her community online felt like there wasn't um, that good of an alternative for uh, natural sunscreen out there. Huh? And yeah. so the beverage company starting to think about developing sunscreen because her community told her so. And so, and so she actually, if you go to her site now, here we are, like it's beverages and it's sunscreen. And like, (laughs) this was not done. Like everybody was like, what are you doing? You can't cross, you know, categories like that. And she's like, I don't care. Guess who's driving the boat. My customers are driving the boat. Who I care about. So I just thought that was such a powerful story to share around you know, just like listen to your customer and now
0: and ask your customer; they you could be informing your next product. Gosh, that is that's such a great story, and I also love that it it's free, right? Like you for these for these listeners who are like, I don't have a lot of money. How am I going to create this network of advocates? Like, how am I going to tap into this audience? literally create a free facebook group and connect with your audience in there create a slack channel you know create a close friends group on instagram it's you know there are so many free platforms that you can use and then when you're ready to to survey your audience all it takes is a facebook post or an instagram question I love that. Oh, uh, that's a great example. And I'll link to that that website in our show notes so people can click through and see the, the beverage and the, the sunscreen offerings. I love that. Okay. So that brings us to your tip number two, which is all about understanding your ideal consumer. So we talked a little bit about this and you know, building this company culture that puts the customer first, but talk to me more about the idea of the ideal consumer and why it wouldn't just be everyone? Why wouldn't I just say everybody is my ideal consumer? I want everybody to buy my product.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, understanding your ideal consumer. So especially for, you know, when you're starting up, you're an emerging brand, you don't have, you know, the mass marketing budgets that, uh, the, you know, the big, the big players have. So really getting this right um, is, is crucial to, to having, you know, your money, your money be as, work as effectively for you as possible. Um, the, what I, I think a common, um, before I get into kind of the solution, I think a common uh, mistake that a lot of people make and it's, and it's, you know, it's what we're taught in school. So, you know, it's what we're, it's what we're brought up with. I still remember marketing one-on-one, it was like, you know, figure out your, your demographics. And, and so everybody kind of has this, like, I need to, I need to get like what age I'm going after and is, is it a, you know, what gender and, you know, what's their household income. Basically we're talking about like data that's available through you know, census data, like yeah. the, the basic demographic data. Um, but like the companies that are choosing, like that's, still pretty broad, right? Like, yep. you know, 24 yep. to 44 female living in urban areas uh, with household income of 75 K plus or whatever it is. Uh, that's, still a really broad uh, picture. And sure, it's easy to target on Facebook and Google. But where I think, you know, the winning strategies is is market to behaviors, not to demographics. And and like the behavioral targeting that you can do. So like it start to shape your ideal consumer profile, um, not from demographics, because quite frankly, the, the example I like to use is like, like technology and, and people who are, you know, Um, kind of like tech savvy shoppers you'd be surprised how many like 50 60 plus (laughs) there are who are tech savvy and who are ordering online Um, and it's not so like you know toss out the demographic old assumptions there's so many stereotypes tied to that and start to think start to think about like how does my consumer behave and you know what is what problems am I solving? for him or her and you know maybe gender is not even part of it anymore right yep. for for them like this is like we're talking to progressive companies here so toss out the gender toss out the age like there's so much press over there anyways and 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 kind of blending of lines and so let's embrace that and let's just get to know the, their pain points and and what what a, what a problem are you solving for them in their day is it your quick convenient snack that you know someone um, can can enjoy at work um, and on the go. Like, is that the problem you're solving? And if so, suddenly that opens up some really new thinking about who your ideal consumer is. Maybe this person is a really busy professional. Maybe this person is a busy mom. Maybe this person, um, you know, um, is is a is a, a new mom. And in fact, you know, new moms one of one out of five. Uh, um Meals is now eaten out of the car. It was an wow. interesting thing I recently wow. read. So it's just like it really starts with uh, just encourage like any ideal you know customer profile uh exercise to to within your team. Like next time you approach this, or maybe if you've already done it, like go back and have a workshop on a Friday afternoon and be like, hey guys, you know, let's not talk demographics. Let's just figure out like what is the lifestyle. Of this person, are they busy? You know, do they, do they, you know, because busy can also mean, because busy can mean like, you know, new, new mom or new dad on the go, but busy can also mean, you know, young professional, that's really career driven. Like there's yep. that, that shared characteristic. and suddenly a market's opened up, but you're really now appealing to that person in your marketing communications and how convenient your product is. Um, maybe even your distribution strategy is now yeah. appealing to yep. that type of person who's on the go and you know where are they shopping how are they shopping um I mean using myself as an example um um you know i I I get my main groceries you know online now because I am busy and I and I need to prioritize you know my time and based on where I live uh you know it's I'm in an urban center so I'm um uh, and I don't have a car, so yeah, yeah. I, I need to get my groceries delivered to me, so I fit the kind of busy professional persona, um but then I am you know close to downtown, and so I do make quick sprints out to you know my local health pharmacy or or you know um you know my once once every couple weeks whole Foods indulgence shop, like you know these are the patterns, and if you start talking to your customers. And get, you know, 20 of them around around uh, the table or better yet, you know, Skype or Google Hangout or something like that. Yes. Um, yes. And just talk to them about their lifestyle. It, I think there's so much value in, in really mapping that out and that, and not many companies are doing that. So yes. if you start there, you already have an edge. You already yes. have an edge because, you, yes. because you're placing your customer first, thinking about their lifestyle, what stresses them out, you know, what, what are they worried about? What motivates them? Like, if these are so much more powerful questions. And then you can develop a persona based on that. And like, this will put you so far ahead of, of <laughs> most of the competition if you're, if um, you're thinking this way. Absolutely. Um,
0: I love this. I We go really deep into this in Retail Ready, my online course, because I see, I mean, it's exactly like, like you said, I see over and over again, these brands that are flailing in the marketplace because they haven't articulated the problem that they solve for their consumers mm-hmm. and and what we say like what emotional response, what emotional connection are they making with that that consumer? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh I love that. I love that we're on the same page about this. And it's that age old saying, you know, when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one.
1: Totally. The other, the other nuance um, that's important to consider when when thinking about your ideal consumer is also, you know, there could be regional differences. Mm. So, so especially when you're first starting out and you're focused on, um, uh, you know, a, you know, a specific, a specific region, you know, like if you're launching on the West Coast and then going to the East Coast, just just keep in mind that there could be regional differences. So this is again, though, the power of marketing. Um, and, and getting kind of your behavioral profile versus your demographic profile, because if you're super fixated on demographics and you haven't thought about behaviors, then you're going to be in for shock, you know, when it comes yep. over to those East Coasters and it's different than the West Coasters. There's just you know, it, there's on you know, I've, I've noticed it with my with my own ventures um, in the past. You know, there was there was just different levels of um um uh educa- like education and availability of of greener choices um when it came to different markets and so but if you have your behavioral trend down then you're always going to find those people are, are all around all around the world quite frankly there's you know there's, there's busy working professionals um, that are time strapped and you know yes. convenience is everything and yet health is also important they're in a certain income bracket so they can just you know make those convenient healthy choices and and that's worldwide almost So yes. so. That's what transcends regions. But if you're thinking just demographics, you haven't done that homework, then you'll be in for a
0: shock as you go to different. Right, right. As you're as you grow in your business. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. All right. I gosh, I love number one, and I love number two. <laughs> tell me, tell me about your third tip that is that is really focused on this idea of building demand with your consumers directly.
1: Yes. Yeah. So really, um, you know, the, that your earliest, um, consumers that are, that are, you know, coming and enjoying your first customers, like that's, think of them as your tribe. Like that's, they're your early advocates. They're going to be the ones that if you you know, treat them right. And if you engage them along your journey, they're going to help you tell the story and, and help you grow your business, but you need to give them the tools, You need to empower them. So you can't just be like, Oh, you were my first customer. Therefore you're going to like you know market me just you know Mm -hmm. making sure talking about you you know to their friends and whatnot but like how can you scale that and Mm -hmm. so the um so if you have you know uh so if you have a website like making making sure that you have social um uh uh uh, call outs like you know facebook share this Mm -hmm. um tweet this like all over your website on every single article that you post um refer a friend programs are amazing if you do happen to have e-commerce on your online uh, uh, store. Uh, it's you know you like this. Maybe your friends will too. Yes. of messaging—it's really friendly. You're not, you know, nothing's being forced upon them. It's just like, hey, recognize and, and like in the moment. Like marketing in the moment is so powerful. So like when they, you know, have just finished that purchase, you know, have an email sent send them asking asking them to you know share. With their friend or maybe there's a coupon or a discount that they can share um on their on their social network after they've made that purchase so like really finding those moments across that that journey especially if you have um an online website or social community when someone engages and writes a comment right like re-engage back run run yeah. social sharing contests um on a weekly basis ideally the same day of the week so that your community community can kind of start to anticipate that um, there's a, there's a, you know, a fun Friday contest or, you know, at social nature, every Tuesday, we do a try it out Tuesday, which is an opportunity for for our community on social media to, you know, um, uh, uh, win, win the product that we're, that we're sampling that week. And the ask um, for them to enter the contest is, uh, you know, tag a friend that you think would like this product. Yep. So suddenly, super easy way to grow your social community, right? No ads, spend nothing. You're just running a weekly contest on a certain day of the week. You know, you can make it a fun kind of branded event. And then, and then you know, you can put like 15 bucks on it to boost it. It's boosting yep. like all goes yep. along the way. And then, you know, watch those comments go in and, but ask them to refer a friend or, some, or tag someone else that they think would like this product. That kind of stuff, great way to build, you know, very organic advocacy so even if you don't have a website you could action that as long as you have social media following on your website do the refer a friend thing with a refer a friend i find that um really you know giving a bit of a credit to the person who's doing the referral Mm -hmm. and giving a bit of an incentive for them to pass along to a friend those are the best those are the ones that work best um uh, versus just giving something to the person that is doing the referral like totally totally yes it's so much, yes. so much easier for them to talk about your product than it's you yes. know, off or, or whatnot um and then and then on your packaging like here's another opportunity to create advocacy when you do your next packaging run how about you you know integrate a bit of a social uh contest there you know hashtag um you know whatever your branded hashtag is um on on social and you know enter to win you know we'll do monthly draws of our of our product um like like there's a cliff bar did an amazing job of this actually they had you know on their packaging um a a a contest running for a long time where people would um you know show themselves you know kind of living a cliff the cliff lifestyle you know out in the woods and out on the lakes (laughs) and all that stuff hashtag their brand and then they took those photos and put them on their website and on their social media recognizing their fans um, and it was just kind of like building the tribe and people yeah. saw each other, jo- and, you know, enjoying the far lifestyle and yeah. whoa, it was like, I'm part of this tribe of, you know, outdoorsy kind of people. So like, think about, you know, what your brand is and, and how you can engage your, your, your tribe. And none of these things, you know, really cost money. Like on your, it's costing product maybe. Um, and, and, you know, you're on your next packaging run, just considering how do I, engage engage my community helping me tell my story and and helping helping build um advocacy is is yes it's just they're they're your best they're your best marketers um
0: uh, and it can be free too right like I think it's it's always so fantastic to have our tribe as advocates for us who are literally marketing to our potential audience for free. And that is, I mean, that's priceless, right? (laughs) That is so, so valuable, especially for emerging brands who are on on a budget. Um, I also also want to add one thing here too, that is an additional bonus of building this online tribe that we, I don't, I, I think people who are a little bit newer to building their brands don't quite realize, but it's, it's really valuable to create that online community where you're tagged in posts and people are clicking through to your profile or clicking through to your website before you start running paid advertising. Because you want to get your pixel up on your website. You want to start tracking that audience that's coming and visiting your pages so that you can retarget them in paid ad spend. But unless you're Unless you're attracting that audience first, you don't have an audience to retarget. So I always advise, like, as you're building your brand, even if you have no intention of doing paid advertising right now, and it's, you know, a year off for you, start building that online tribe, start building those audiences online, so that once you do go to retarget them, they're already, they're already pretty robust on the back end. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I'm always thinking about paid advertising and how we can how we can build those audiences. Okay, um, so Analia, you gosh, you've given us so much great information here so far, and I bet that our listeners are jotting down notes and taking taking down action steps. So let's pause just for a moment so you and I can catch our breath, and we will pick up again in sixty seconds. All right. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and to have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I would love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready Enrollment opens again soon, so jump on the wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com and save your spot. Okay, so we are back. We've got two tips left, tip number four and number five. So Analia, tell tell us tip number four, what we can do to really compete in this saturated marketplace?
1: Right. So tip number four is be clear in what channels you will compete in and focus on them. So, um, you know, I know that like, you're, as a brand, you're just wanting to be, you know, everywhere and you just can't wait till you're, you know, nationally distributed and dreaming of that day. But it's so easy to say yes to too much and, and then not be able to execute. So, you know... Be patient and pace yourselves. Don't spread yourself too thin as an early stage company and laser focus in on you know, you've done the homework on your ideal consumer. You know, hopefully you've started um, thinking about, you know, and and asking them where do they shop. You know, as a busy professional, I was sharing where I shop um, online and and then a couple local health food stores around me. Those are, and then, you know, my. My once a month whole food splurge. So those are those my shopping habits. But you know, validate that against twenty of your other you know pro- profiles and see if that becomes a trend. Is that the behavior that your that your ideal consumer has? And then and then and then you know get started and like win in one region before you go to another region. Yeah. You know, win in one retailer. You know, before you go to another retailer, and that's going to help you expand as well because now instead of having Watered down, diluted stats, none of which are particularly exciting. You can be like, I crushed it, you know, in LA, or, you know, I crushed it in Boulder, or I crushed it at Whole Foods. That's such a more powerful story than, you know, I'm doing okay in, you know, 4,000 locations across five different retailers.
0: Right. It's much harder to support those 4,000 locations than it would be to support. 80 locations really, really well, right?
1: Totally, totally. And this is where, you know, um, when you're, and it's so, and it's, I like, I empathize because I know it's really easy to get, you know, distracted when people are, you know, asking you for your product in all these different places. Yeah. Um, And, 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 you know, if you see a trend there, then for sure, you know, talk to the buyer and, and, you know, have that conversation. Um, But, you know, only when you see a trend there, and this is where, um
0: uh I made you a tiny plug for I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna prompt you to do this here so I'm glad that you I'm glad we're on the same page I'll just I'll prompt you here Anna like how does social nature help with this <laughs>
1: uh so it's just you know my my brands are just blind blind like like yeah. when they Get started, and 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 because I'm such a believer in consumer powered marketing, and I've built this community of half a million natural product shoppers. I thought, okay, how can you know how can I help connect brands not only to their ideal consumer um, through this half a million strong community, but how can I then you know help them figure out what next steps to take, where to launch next, what region, what retailers worth their time. And where and where they will have you know soft landing I mean, and be successful. So I started Launchpad, which is a new offering that Social Nature just launched a couple months ago. Uh, we already have a couple hundred brands on the platform, and that'll be growing to thousands uh, very quickly. And and so how this helps you is you have the data; like your customer is telling you where they want to see your product listed, and you can and you only make those decisions to move into that market or that retailer when you have enough consumer demand. So, you know, enough might be, you know, 500 people telling you that they want your product, you know, in a specific region um, at a specific store. That might be enough to open up the doors. And then now you have that community to back you up when you get listed. You can be like, hey, community, you know, I heard you. You said that you wanted me at Whole Foods in this region. I'm now listed. Come on over. And they're going to help support your launch. So that's what Launchpad helps helps brands do. And even outside of Launchpad, um, you know, you, you could do this. Like a, a great story that I love to tell is um, a company called Smart Suites. It's a 24-year-old um, founder. And, uh, and she grew, you know, she, she's a customer-obsessed company. And she grew her social media following. Uh, but she didn't invest anywhere else. She just focused on her social um, around, these, around these sugar low sugar gummy bears and low sugar yep. sweets. Yep. And she um uh grew her following, then she got listed at Whole Foods and she turned around to her following who, you know, that was this, that was the retailer that they have been requesting and said, I'm a Whole Foods. <laughs> and they like, you know, came on like visualizing this, they came online, like they came from the online world yeah. and, like ran through the doors of Whole Foods yes. and sold out. So like if you If you ask your consumers where they want to buy your products and you see a trend and you can do that through through Social Nature's Launchpad, even if you don't have your own community, you can plug into our community and get that data at scale And and then use that data to bring to your grocery buyer and say, hey, you know, I've got hundreds or thousands of people requesting my product at your store and then focus on that and do an amazing job there. And other retailers will come knocking on your doors. Like,
0: totally, totally. And
1: oh you know, God. when you
0: when you when so I'll tell our listeners, I got to get a sneak peek of the the walkthrough of Launchpad. It was pretty cool. I got to, you know, watch as you clicked around and showed me the tour. And it was so it was so neat to see the questions that the brands were able to ask their audience. So, you know, which of these three flavors do you like the best? Would you rather us be in Whole Foods or Kroger's? Do you, why, I don't know, why are you buying our brand over this other brand? Like such pointed questions that really not only allow the the business to make product changes that reflect what the consumer actually wants. But then, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, Analia, like to take that data and present it to a buyer is so, so valuable. I mean, when I, when I was in my buying role, those pitches that came to me that had actual data that proved that those products would work on my shelves were far, far more compelling than ones that were just like, hey, will you carry my product, right? <laughs> you know, to come come to me and say, I've got 500 people who say that that they want my product stocked here. You know, as a buyer, that would be, frankly, a no-brainer to at least consider that product line.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think another thing that, like, I'm starting to see um, brands think this way, which is which is great, is like, I mean, yes, obviously, you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you're top 20 brick and mortar stores that you want to be in. That's that's top of mind for everyone. But like I've been seeing um, like there's another brand, uh Luvo in the in the frozen um healthy mm-hmm. food category. You know, they started getting their their brands on um uh, on airplanes. Yeah. But like thinking outside the box with distribution strategy with Smart Suites, for example, they they're actually their first retailer before Whole Foods was Popeyes. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so like, supplement- huh supplement store but they had identified you know the their user profile yeah. and and knew that their that their consumer shop there so just thinking outside the box a little bit or maybe it's even like maybe as a new brand there's a there's a local yoga studio yeah. or health club that you could sponsor the products at and and uh and that just gets you noticed if, if that's your target consumer if not don't waste your time there like it guess, also, yeah you know, yeah. Uh, yeah i love that that can also help you get noticed and, you know, get discovered by potential, you know, retail buyers.
0: Yeah. I think the cool thing too about social nature is that you, you have years of building this community. You said what, it's half a million yeah. <laughs> who are actively using it. So, so when you then as a brand present your product to them and say, what do you think of my, my product, you are pulling from a really big data set, which is cool. Um, yeah. That you started with the community first. Yeah. Yes.
1: Really yes.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. The, the, I mean, the, and I think it's interesting too, because sometimes um, if you're, if, so, you know, as a, an, as a really early stage brand, you might just be launching online first, right? Yep. Like, yep. Like the digital first launches. Um, it's what we talked about a lot at, at Nachcom, that conference. And, and so now, but, but you're, you only have the data on people who are just buying your products. Yeah. But so that's a limited view. What about all those people who could be your customers yes. um, and who just haven't discovered you? Yeah. So that's I think what also is helpful is just like getting out to a, an audience that has that is yet a current customer. And just, you know, especially with a new product, maybe the new product opens up a new customer set for you. Totally. Exactly. But like totally. getting out there as a new brand and, and testing different audiences. Um is, is is
0: helpful. yeah, and you wouldn't necessarily, as a as a young brand, you wouldn't necessarily have the marketing dollars to do that. You would need to find a platform that would assist you in doing so. Um, okay, so that brings us to number five or your last tip, um, which is keep validating. I love this tip. I think this is a great one to to end on. so what do you what do you mean by that? what is what is validating look like in the CPG space?
1: Yeah. So there's, I mean, I know as you, as you grow, there's always, um, you know, this, this instinct and, 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 you know, pressure from the marketplace to continue to innovate and drive new products uh, and create new products. And so really maintaining that customer focused um, uh, innovation pipeline is, is, is crucial. And so it kind of just like, it's, it's, it's a nice one to end on because it kind of encapsulates a lot of the points made earlier. It's like, First place when you're launching new products, turn to your tribe. Go, go ask your tribe. Like, you know, hey, you know, I've got this, you know, granola bar skew. Like, what else do you want to see for me? You know, how else can I serve you? Because maybe, maybe you're this amazing artisanal brand with high quality ingredients, and I don't know. You know, maybe they want to see like a muffin from me next. Who knows? Yeah, yeah like, like, <laughs> like again, drink can example. Could <laughs> be something a little bit outside the box from what you're currently thinking. So. So what does your tribe want to see next? And, and again, your tribe, it's not demographics. It's just, you know, behaviors, like the behaviors of the culture of this tribe. What is the culture of your customer? And then, and then understanding, you know, what are the specific things that are driving um, the, the purchases? So is it, um, like one of the questions we asked on, on Launchpad is, you know, what product attribute, um, did, you know, is, is, are you most interested in? This is it the fact that I'm, you know, sort of quite organic. Or is it the fact that I'm uh, local, you know, uh, American brand? Or is it the fact uh, that I'm, you know, keto friendly? Like whatever the product attributes are, like what is it that your consumer is most engaged in? Um, and and then that will help you build more products and and re- and retain that core product attribute that got you your first customers in the first place. So like. Um, you know, for um, for smart sweets, it's it's like a low sugar um, uh, candy. So you know, that's a core product yes. So, but they can build off of that in so many different ways. Um, and so, yeah, because often I see like these packages, and they'll be like, you know, ten different things they're trying to like put on the package because there are all these things. Yeah. But, like, I would bet you that if you got rid of like seven of those things. Or there's, like, a top three. Like, what are your most bad things that, that, like, bring me back to your product every time? And those are the things that once you really understand those product attributes, now you can, now you know that you can retain those in your, in your innovation, but, but continue
0: to build off of that. And then... Yeah, it makes so much sense, too, because if you've got those seven seals on your packaging, it the messaging feels a little diluted, right? I'd rather see one or two and and have that be such a stronger call out than my eyes just glazing over when I see all the seals and approval on the packaging, right?
1: Totally, totally. And then in the spirit of, of like continuous validation and continuous check-in, so like often there's this you know, um, big effort placed in R&D and focus groups and talking to your customer early on. And then you get out into the marketplace, you launch your products and they're in the stores and you're like, awesome. On to the next product, <laughs> right? And you go back to the <laughs> R&D and innovation and focus groups. Meanwhile, you know, six months later, sales reports come in and, you know, hopefully not, but I'm sure it's, you know.
0: Yep. Yep. It
1: happen. You know, your sales are declining, Um, your sales are declining. And maybe it's like something weird, like in a specific region, or at a specific retailer and you're like, what? Like we did all the testing, we did all the focus groups. Why is this happening? And so for, you know, these, you know, nimble emerging brands, like this is where you can really, you know, the more proactive you are here, the more like quick check-ins you have. Once your product's on the shelves, you know, don't forget to go back and, and maybe do like a quick product test, where um, where you know you you either survey um, some of your community members who are shopping in that region or on that store, or maybe you're doing an in-store demo and you're you know staying active that way, or maybe um, uh, you're you're doing a survey based on your online yeah yep. who have purchased your products and you're going back to them and you're asking like hey, so, like, how are you enjoying things? Um, you know, uh, what, other, uh, uh, what other products have you tried that are similar? Yeah. Um, because competition can change. Like, who knows? You put all this work into this product, and there could be, like, a competitor you don't even know about or you find out about, like, at the next, you know, Expo West. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I was going (laughs) to
0: say. You go to Expo West and you see (laughs) the eight other brands who are making sparkling water with CBD in them. And you're like, you're
1: like, Oh, I thought I was the only one. So, so that's where, um, I mean, I I don't want to seem like I keep plugging social nature because you can do this on yourself as well, but you know, our pricing is very friendly. <laughs> so yeah. I will say, um, uh, you know, this is where having access to a large database of, of people where you can be like, hey, 500 people that shop at Whole Foods, um, you know, send them into that store, get them trying your product and then ask them really strategic questions. Like, you know, what else is, what other, let's say it was granola bars. So like, what other snack bars are you buying? Why wow. did you like my granola bar? Um, you know, uh what part it, did you like that it was cost effective or did you like the quality of the ingredients or whatever like you need to know where you're at stacked up against your competition at all times so whatever approach you want to use using another audience using your own audience you know somehow you need to talk to the people that are shopping for your products in the stores after the product is launched and i would just make it like routine like once yeah, a yes like just standardize it because otherwise there's so much happening and you're just going to forget to do it. So like have your product, you know, in market test check in across your line um and you know I can talk more about how to do that but like but like every 6 months let's have a quick real time in market feedback on our product lines and this will help you make sure it's still relevant that you know your your retailers are like that the, the, the products are you know being marketed the right way. Like, who knows? Maybe your product's out a stop. Like, who knows? Like,
0: send in your secret shoppers. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like um, I'm just, I know we're recording this, so I'm going to get you to commit to this on air. Oh how would you <laughs> feel if we did a bonus episode for our subscribers that's all about how to do that six month check-in? Love it. Yes. Okay, so yes. a couple months from now we can do that and and plug that in. That would be really fun. Okay,
1: looking forward to it. Yeah,
0: you're you are now on the recording on the record <laughs> saying that. So I'm going to hold you I to, to go it. Out of it. Okay, yes, I to it. exactly. Um, gosh, I I I really love this. I love that so- social nature is all about building brands that have the consumer in mind and then leveraging leveraging that data to get on the shelf of their favorite retailers. It just it feels like such a natural win-win to me.
1: Yes. And that's why I feel pretty okay talking about it because it is. because it is. So, you know, I win, I win, win, Like it's, we're a purpose-driven company. So we're here, like, this is my life's mission to make green my stream, which means I need to get, I need to help get more natural products on shelves. I need to help them be successful. And I need, you know, consumers to discover them and try and buy their products. So it's it's all part of, yeah, like,
0: yeah. Make, Make green, green mainstream. mainstream. I I love that. I yeah. love that. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before we wrap up, can you remind us where everyone can find you online? Yes.
1: So uh, you can find me online, at, uh, socialnature.com. So I'm the founder and CEO of Social Nature. Um, and there's this new kind of launchpad section on the site for emerging brands where you can list your new products, get that validation, get the consumer feedback, have people requesting your products at stores near them. So it's uh, it's actually free to sign up on Launchpad. So I would encourage, you know, um, you to just get your profile up there and then uh, it's about 1200 bucks a year to get um, access to the consumer data. So we try to keep it really the pricing friendly and accessible so that as many, um, brands can, can launch uh, their products through us and get that real-time feedback from uh, the consumers.
0: That's great. And I'll link those directly in the show notes. And then of course, on our detailed show notes uh, website, and I'll link your social channels and all of that stuff. So thank you for being so active in the natural products industry. And I, I am really so appreciative of all of your time today. Analia, thank you so much for being here and joining us on Food BizWiz. Well, this has been so much fun. You've been
1: an amazing host. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait uh, for the next episode. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: All right, listeners, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Food Biz Wiz with Anna Leah and Social Nature. Like I said, I'll link their information in today's show notes. And I would love for you guys to head on over there and check them out. You can sign up for free and you can start using their powerful, powerful platform today. And then from there, of course. Join us in the Food Biz Whiz Facebook group where we're continuing the conversation. As I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, I'm in there surveying my audience on what you guys want to hear next. I would really love to hear your opinion, so please join me. I will also include that group link in the show notes today. So thank you, Food Biz Whizzes, for tuning in to today's episode, and I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Stay busy. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat.
1: Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com
0: for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.